Before we start the second part of the Kenyan football unveiled, we would like to thank David Pan, David Oval, my twin brother DR Kochtemir, Linus Varand, and Kerry's aunt Mackie. Love you, Aunt Mackie. Without your support and donation to our Kickstarter campaign, we wouldn't be able to travel to Kenya to do this documentary. We really appreciate the support and that you guys helped us out in our pursuit to find out the culture, the lifestyle, and also how football is in Kenya. Thank you guys so much. This is me and Kerry in the cab on our way to the National Stadium, Kasarani Stadium to meet Mr. Kamasi, a very well-known youth soccer football coach in Nairobi to understand how the youth system works in Kenya. Tag along with us, will you? Welcome to the Oz and Kings Football Podcast. Kenyan Football Unveiled, part two. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, the. We're going to look at it, and we're going to talk to uh, yeah, to um, the director of coaching for KYSA International Academy. Youth Academy. Is this where you enter into the stadium too? Let's see if I'm there. Let's see. Hi, we're gonna meet with Mr. Kamasi, um, director of coaching at uh, uh, KYSA, youth youth organization, youth football organization. Have we already communicated to him? Is that? Did he know that you are coming? Yes, yes, he, he knows. Yes, he knows. Yeah. Okay. We have a, like an appointment with him, so he knows we will. So you are going to the head office mm-hmm. or main stadium? Uh, head Where exactly? O- head office first, I would assume. Yes. I don't know. Can you confirm if if he's in? Can we go to the head office? Head office. Now today is closed. Today is closed. He said oh, that yeah. he today is on Sunday. Or they? Where do they play football? Where do where do the kids play football? I know he said that he will be there. Okay. Yes. Before we could go too far into the stadium, we were stopped at the gate by armed guards. One thing we noticed in our stay in Nairobi was the massive presence of security of soldiers all throughout malls, restaurants, bars, museums, schools. All of this on the back of a 2013 terrorist attack by Al-Shabaab in a mall, which threw the city into panic and forced new security measures on the citizens. To that building, okay. your office is Kwapo, ah. office number, number 19, okay. Mr. Madagwa. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Okay. So what do we really know about Mr. Um, I mean, we know that he's uh, he's involved in the youth yeah. scene. Yeah, he's an experienced coach. Uh, he's been coaching for a long time. He's now director of coaching at KYSA uh, International Academy, and uh, he was also previously um, uh, uh, among the coaching staff at AFC Leopards as well. Oh, he was? Yeah. Yeah. 
So he knows the stuff. He's been coaching for a long time. What has been like the email co co contact that you? What have you guys been talking about? What has it said? Uh, well, he, we're going to talk about just Kenyan football altogether, you know, and uh, the youth development as well, and it's in particular KYSA's involvement uh, in developing the youth. Um, That's what I kind of want to know yeah. from him, you know, what like how is the youth system system built? Yeah. Uh, what does kids or parents need to do to play football? And I'm kind of curious about if there's like youth league and how big it is. And I'm curious to know if uh, like around the world, a lot of other places around the world, professional clubs that have their their academies that trickle all the way down. Yeah. From yeah. The senior team down to like U10 or something. Right. right. So I'm wondering if there's something mm. like that that exists here. Yeah. Or if it's mostly KYSA that does in clubs like KOSA that uh, are the real driving force behind youth development, aspiring footballers. Kaisa International Soccer Academy is one of the largest youth organizations in Nairobi. They make it their mission to give young players fair coaching and a fair opportunity at being the best that, I, that they can be in football. What is the youth system like in Kenya? Is there a clear path from under 10s all the way up to the senior squads? Is there really any corruption in youth soccer? Mr. Kamasi, the director of coaching at Kaisa, is the right man to ask. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. How are you? Karibu. Karibu. Have a okay. seat anywhere? Yeah. No, no, here. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We just arrived. A little bit... Uh, Earlier, which is okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. To his stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we kind of waiting for our friend Calvin. Okay. Um, Karibu means... Welcome in Swahili, and we really felt welcome as we arrived to Mr. Kamas's office inside the Kasarani Stadium. The stadium itself is an impressive building with the colors of Kenyan flag, green, red, white, black. It surrounds the stadium and there is a big sign on top of the stadium that says, Welcome to Kasarani Stadium. Mr. Kamasi. He's big, he's tall, he's strong, and has a very kind face. And honestly, he looks like Forrest Whitaker. After introductions were finished, Oz, myself, our videographer Kelvin, and his friend and colleague Stanley were finally able to sit down in the midst of the Kasarani Stadium and get ready to have a nice long chat on Kaisa and youth football in Kenya. So we finally made it to the Kasarani Stadium and uh, what we see right now is a stadium that can take in 60,000 people and uh, it's basically the colors of Kenya, right? You see white, red and green all over this place and there's uh, running tracks around the pitch. And as I heard before when we talked to Mr. Kasarami, um, this stadium has been full once, right? Uh, maybe twice. Okay. Uh, once uh, that was uh, Kenya versus uh, Egypt, that is back in 1987. Yeah. And again uh, back in 1996 when Kenya played Nigeria. Okay. Yeah. 
So Kenya plays here, the national team plays here. What are the other tenants? Tusker, am I incorrect in saying mm, All the big teams play here. Ah. Gormaya, FC Leopard, Tusker. Even the smaller teams, depending on who they play. Okay, so it's like it's a big, big games or yeah. so then. Okay. And the national team as well. Um, Mr. Kamasi, uh, you are the director of coaching of Kaisa Soccer, International Soccer Academy. Tell us a little bit about the academy, about what you do, and about your, your background in the coaching. Oh, Kaisa itself, uh, initially it's, it's uh, supposed to be Kasarani Youth Sports Association, mm. which I started back in 1998. Uh, when I quit playing active football in 2000, I took up uh, coaching. Uh, myself, what I, okay, I didn't do a lot in terms of uh, going into coaching courses. I'd already done uh, one uh, calf coach coaching course in mm. uh, 1994. Mm. So I thought I was perfect uh, with uh, being, uh, having gone through uh, various coaches in different stages in my playing career. I think I should be one of the only players in Kenya who has played in all the categories from under 12 to the national team. Uh, having having gone through the same, I thought I didn't have I didn't have to get a lot in terms of uh, in coaching. But after s some trials and errors here and there, I went into coaching courses, uh, into various uh, coaching courses, and uh, this is how it brought me now to be on top of uh, now Kaisa programs. Mm -hmm. And what made you want to go into coaching? Uh, when. When I started playing football at the age of 12, right. uh, maybe that is the most active uh, uh, competition that uh, I played. Uh, my father is a former international, so uh, this, this runs in the family. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I thought of uh, when I started football and how I developed to a great player, I thought if I also give back to, so, to society and give back to the community, uh, we can also have uh, great players in Mm. And how is youth soccer, youth football, uh, different nowadays than it was when you were playing at 12? Uh, it's quite different because uh, football has uh, really developed. Okay. Uh, we have so many people uh, interested, so many kids are interested in uh, learning to play football at an early stage. I, I believe it's because of the, the EPL and uh, super sport coming on board. Mm. Uh, people want to watch football, people want to play football. And the most important thing is today, football is a uh, breadwinner. Uh, yeah. Mm. So I was yeah. gonna ask then, what exactly does football mean to the people of Kenya? Is it that big? It's, it's what, it's football the big money maker? Football is one of the biggest sports in Kenya. Right. Uh, a lot of uh, people like football in Kenya. People who in Kenya follow football. Football actually comes from uh, Western in Nyanza, uh, that is to the west of the country. Mm. This is where we have most of the majority on the uh, bulk of the Kenyan players. Uh, football, uh, like, I, like, I, like I said, is a breadwinner. Mm. Uh, most people who didn't go high in, uh, in terms of uh, education have preferred to play football uh, to the high level. So you're saying that the interest for football is growing, growing, and is very popular, right? Um, I'm curious about for youth players, how do they get into football as in starting at a youth club or uh, playing for your organization, a club? How does that start? You know, how big is that scene? How, how does that really go about? It's very challenging. Right yeah. now, uh, most, most young players are finding it very difficult to get uh, academies to join. Okay. Most, most academies charge. 
and uh, most of the most of the players in the country who can play football in the, in, uh, in in our country yeah. cannot afford the charges. Okay. So it is through people like us yeah. who give these uh, services free to the community. Mm. These children can be able to get an opportunity uh, to get access to the academy. That's very important. So I want to also understand um, when you say that they can't afford the, the charges and the cost. How much are we talking about? Uh, costs vary. Yeah. The, those who charge per day, per session, per month, per term, per year. Mm -hmm. yeah, the costs vary okay. uh, from uh, 500 Kenya shillings to up to 30,000 Kenya shillings. Growing up in Sweden, I remember my dad used to pay $50 a season. That was the membership price. What he included in that was free balls, jerseys, and all the materials were already provided by the club. We just had to show up with socks, soccer cleats, and we just had to show up with socks, soccer cleats. No, I don't know if that's cool. Okay. Growing up in Sweden, my dad had to pay $50 a season. That was the membership price. And that was throughout my entire youth career, all the way up to the first team. In the United States, recreational soccer from 9, 10, 11 years old just cost around $100. But then making that jump from recreational soccer to the more competitive select soccer cost $1,000 a season for my parents. This shows the massive difference in prices between Sweden, the US, and even Kenya for membership fees in youth soccer. Like Mr. Kamasi said, the cost could go up to 30,000 shillings okay. or $300. Okay. And uh, when you look at the Kenyan youth system, how would you describe it? At the moment, uh, we are trying to get into the system. We've been uh, uh, youth football has been ignored for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, but of late, uh, since the federation came in, we have programs uh, which started at the early stage of under 13, okay. under 15. We have an under 17 uh, national team. We have an under 19 national team. So this uh, this has really improved the situation from down there and you see uh, football actually is being played at the school we have uh, primary ball games we have secondary ball games mm -hmm. and this is where football is being played a much at a larger scale right yeah. so it's not as uh, it's getting more organized now more organized where more teams can uh, play is this are there a big youth league that starts from like U10, U11, U12, U13, or no? No, no in, the, in our country we don't have that. Yeah. Uh, in our country we, we just play random tournaments. Uh, this under U10 and U11, U12, U13, play random tournaments. We don't have a youth league where uh, these teams uh, participate. Although we, we, have, well, we have some of the corporates trying to come up with small leagues, uh, and uh, well, not everybody can afford to play in the leagues because uh, it is also charged to play in the leagues. Oh, it so, is. Yeah. So not all, all, not all capable uh, youth can be able to access the programs. Mm. Are the Kenyan Premier League teams? Um, do they have like professional academies that run down through, like say U13, U10, whichever, which gives players, youth players, like, a clear path to the professional level? Is there anything like that? No, no, no. In Kenya, we don't. Mm. Very. In fact, I think the only team that has a youth system uh, right. that is that is or maybe known to be working 
is only Gurmaya. My side of theirs, but it collapsed. So the only people, the only senior team that has maybe a youth team, but doesn't have those under under 13, under 15, just an under 20. You see, going okay. below, anything below under 17 is just trial and error. Okay. Nobody has it. Mm. So that just goes to show the importance of academies like Kaisa. Uh, yeah, this is, a, uh, now the word, the word here is, you see, uh, like in the, in the uh, maybe the whole of Kasarani, mm -hmm. we only have one academy that is like Kaisa. The rest are uh, being uh, programmed under the university, under the school's program. Because you see, for them it is easier because they only target the kids in the in the in the school there. Yeah. So what happens to the kids that are not in that school? Most okay. of them cannot attend. Right. Again, when it comes to issues of monitoring yeah. and this, most kids can. But you see, after listening to Mr. Kamasi, it becomes clear that Kenya lacks the infrastructure that other successful nations have around the world. In fact, it seems that there is a total lack of support and collaboration that is needed to bring youth footballers up to the professional ranks. How many this shows how important Kaisa is to be able to give an opportunity to the local neighborhood and community at an under 13 level, an under 15 level, and so on. Schools do offer football programs, however they lack the coaching and environment needed to prepare someone for a professional career. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, when we speak to some of the players, even coaches so far, most of them say also there's a lot of talent coming out of Mombasa or Kimuro, and um, there's a lot of talent there are in the slums and the ghetto that, you know, it's so hard for them to discover. And um, what needs to be happen? Because you've been in the Kenyan football for a very long time, and you are one of the key in Nairobi that tries to develop the sport as well. But what changes would you like to see from maybe from the government or from the football federation? What are the changes or what more investments? What do they need to do to provide a better future for the players, the kids? One of the emphasis that I've already put in place is about uh, coaches. Well, these are some of the areas that we lack in this country. Mm -hmm. We lack so many, uh, we lack opportunities for coaching. Right. Uh, most former players, uh, when quitting football, they quit completely. Mm. They don't come into football. So we have a lot of quacks who are trained to be coaches. But it reaches a stage now, uh, the football mentality, which they don't have. They don't have an experience. They don't have the history. So it becomes so difficult. Uh, through Kefoka, which I'm a member. Kefoka is the Kenya Football uh, Coaches Association. Okay. Uh, we've, we are trying to develop coaches in the, in the, in the, in the communities. Yeah. By, by training coaches in the community, we are able to capture these boys out there. 2016, Nick Manwa got elected as the new president of the Football Federation. He inherited $19 million debt and also had numerous court cases, 19 in total. This shows a picture of what state the Federation was in. And his promise throughout the election campaign was team change. Nick Manwa is an established businessman, also um, the president of the Karambu Sharks, another football team in the Kenyan Premier League. The quotes you will hear was published November 24th, 2017 by the magazine The Star. Mr. Manwa says that investment in football is the biggest problem. Investment, right knowledge, and right plan are major challenges, he says. 
We have the right plan in place and the investment is what we need now. That's why you see us cooperating with the government and also hope the sponsors will bring in more money. He continued by saying, We have done the grassroots development. We have trained over 2,000 coaches and we have a national under 13, he says. Adding that this is the right age to deal with in terms of developing the right football mentality. End quote. It is all good what he says. But the biggest problem in Kenyan football today is corruption. Hmm. But now again, the biggest problem when we come to the bigger stage, uh, corruption has been the biggest problem in yeah. our Kenyan football because those who cannot afford cannot play. Yeah, you see. So and you see, if you cannot afford to play in the academy, again, you see now you're good. Again, you need to pay for you to be able to get an opportunity to go into into play, even to get an opportunity to get trials to play in the big teams and everything. You need to give it to somebody. Mm. Which we are saying this should not this should not happen. We are saying players should be able to be captured by what they have, the talent they have, the coaches we have in the in the in the in the rural areas and everything should come up as the agents so that they can bring up these boys. Uh, one, of, one of the things I think the federation might be trying to do uh, well, but it is not uh, actually being captured uh, properly, is having uh, the regional games. Mm. Uh, currently, there are some regional games going on. Yeah. Again, that the pre the biggest problem again is we don't have the right talent playing. Majority like us, you see, Kaisa, we are not participating in the Nairobi, uh, in the Nairobi program. Mm. Then you wonder why, because you see most of these things are, are planned secretly. Mm. They, they, they have been targeted specific uh, people are yeah. the ones who have been targeted to participate so you you find that we have great players uh, who have been left out uh, during this uh, particular tournament so you wonder you, in kenya you only hear of a good player he's already 31 so you wonder where this player came from yeah he's already 31. Mm -hmm. we can't identify players from the age of 16. yeah it, it has been very difficult mm. yeah. Uh, you said, I think, a key word that we've heard quite a lot um, in our stay here so far, and that's corruption. Um, do you think that, that maybe the success of Harambe Stars or the success of clubs like Ormaya or Leopards in the Champions League will, I don't know, will that bring more, more attention to the sport in Kenya from a global scale, from a, from a continental scale that maybe dilute the corruption some? We have talent in Kenya, yeah. and, and until the government comes and puts its foot down, uh, okay, you see corruption starts from the top there, so it tickles all the way down. Yeah. So if corruption can be handled from the top there, even right now, uh, these coaches are asking players for money. You see, these are coaches that are supposed to be put away. You see, we should not be anywhere near kids. Yeah. Any coach that is uh, trying to get money from the players, this, these are the they people who should not should even not be, be yeah. allowed to get anywhere near the kids. Right. You see, so this comes from the government. We need a goodwill from the government. Now that we have a dispensation of about 47 counties, you know, uh, all these counties have uh, sports allocation. A lot of money has been poured by the government to the counties. Yeah. So if we don't again have the right people in the sports uh, pr uh, program, again we'll have the same problems all over. Because you see, if you've never been a sportsman, you've never participated in sports. You see, you might not understand when I t when I ask you that I need the cons, I need the bibs. Yeah. You don't yeah. even understand, understand what what all that is. You see, a lot of times you you ask for somebody you want twenty balls. Yes, why do you want twenty balls? You only need one ball on the pitch. Mm -hmm. oh, these are yeah. the kind of scenarios. We
we discovered that corruption was a major theme in the problems of Kenyan football. We approached the relatively new president of the FKF, Nick Mwendwa, several times, and we ultimately got the chance to go to his office in Nairobi, ask him directly his thoughts on the corruption of Kenyan football and how he planned to tackle the dilemma. You know, when we talk to, and do this documentary, when we talk to fans, when we talk to Sunday League players or coaches, um, they, say, they say the future looks bright, they say the future looks bright, but they also, of everyone almost, have this distrust because of corruption and then I hear some say, talking about like um, you even have to pay coaches to be a part of the team you have to pay to coaches or the president of a club team or club to even get into the squad not necessarily that you're talented and good but who kind of has the money speaks or the connections and uh, what is your experience of that, when, when what do you ask to people when they say um, we so, have to so, get so, rid so, of this? So, so let's discuss about yeah, this. Yeah, let's discuss. This, you know, the reason why I decided to run for president mm -hmm. is that I own the club. Yeah. And basically, it's a philanthropic mm. kind of work because. In Kenya, really, we're still working to get to a point where you can get anything back. But I could not get those kids to go and play at the top mm. because the people who are there, their minds been elsewhere. And for many years, mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. And that's why I said, if nobody can remove these guys, I'm going to go and do it. Yeah. And it is true that corruption was there. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's fully finished. Yeah. It was that refereeing, this kind of stuff. But referees could not go to FIFA without having to bribe somebody. You have to bribe somebody for you to be put in the list for FIFA. Mm -hmm. And when you go for an assignment and you get paid your money, you come back and have to pay somebody. Because you because he put you there. Yeah. That's just one example. And one day I met a referee in 2015 in our campaigns. The mall at TRM. And he was crying. Tears. An old man, an old guy, a lecturer. And he was crying. And he gave me his story. He was the best referee. He passed all the exams. He passed everything. But he had never, I think for nine years, he'd never made the list for FIFA. Hmm. His name is Peter. And I told him that when I win, you will go to FIFA. He is now our best referee. Hmm. He is today our best referee. Among the referees we have, he is number three in Africa. Today, two years later. Because merit is merit. And for me, for me, some things are so simple and straightforward, but in Africa, we make them complicated for nothing. Mm -hmm. I run a club, and I've been a coach for many years, so I know a little bit of my football. I'm not Mourinho or whatever, <laughs> but I know a little bit. Yeah. 
a law coach wants to play a weak team and yeah. leave out the strong players. But in some of these institutional clubs, they would recruit maybe they're supposed to recruit 30 players. So they get 22 of the best players mm -hmm. and then they bring a few of their friends and fill in the positions. It has happened before. All right? Yeah. So you'll find that a player had to give something for the coach to draft him in the least for him to have a salary. Yeah. That has happened before. But that system, they know very well now that if we find you, you're gone for 10 years. It is 10 years. If we find you having taken money as a referee, you're gone for 10 years. If we find you having given money to a referee, you're gone for, for 10 years. So you'd better work very hard and we don't find you. If we find you, there's an allegation, you will go. So, so why no though? Can you can you pinpoint why that but I can tell you that we have uh, corruption so exists? That audacity so to actually so ask for something ahead. like that when With it comes corruption to corruption being a major problem in Kenyan football. One of the few action. remaining questions is why. Oz asked Kamasi for his thoughts on the existence of corruption in Kenya. Mm -hmm. uh, these cartels are the same cartels that uh, are working through the coaching cartels to bring who on board. You see, we have very good players, and uh, I've talked about very good players who can afford, who can't afford to pay for their uh, for their position yeah. in even in the national team. Yeah. You see, and yeah. these cartels control uh, who is uh, who who goes where. Mm. If we can be able to have a strict uh, a strict measures by the government through the Ministry of Sports, uh, we can be able to. Uh, uh, get rid of all the stuff. You see, uh, right now we we have uh, we have so many uh, players uh, coming up. Uh, these players are going through a really rough time. Yeah. Because uh, the moment you know you're going, you're you're working hard, but you don't have the money to be able to bribe the coach so that you can move to the next level. Yeah. It becomes so challenging. Now this this is another problem that uh, comes. Now this boy uh, wants to go and steal yeah. so that he can have the money to go and, and do, uh, give the yeah. coach so that he can have that opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity and in unfortunate cases we lose these boys. Yeah, yeah. crime yeah. does not pay. Yeah. What about successes? Um, I've I've heard that was it last year, two years ago, I believe last year the under seventeen national team had a very successful year. Um, there are promising players, very talented players that have made it to the professional levels now, like Victor Wanyama and uh, Michael Olungu, and we've had the likes of uh, Musa Tieno in the past. So there have been plenty of successes, successful players in Kenyan football. Do you see that coming back, back to those, like, say, glory days of 2004, or, or do you think uh, Victor Wanyama can really lead the Kenya to, to its first World Cup? I can even, uh, what I can mention is uh, those are not even some of the best players we have in this country. Mm. Yeah, because they have their way, they are they're able to be where they are today. Mm. But we have greater, greater players in this country who have just faded away because mm. they could not afford to be in this uh, position. We have great, great talent in this country. It's only that uh, we have uh, these cartels that are spoiling everything for everybody. Those who can, uh, those who know their way, yeah. and in, this is in terms of buying your way through and everything, you see, you're able to get to the, to the other places. 
we have uh, like you talk about uh, somebody like Olunga. Olunga mm -hmm. came through the National Talent Academy, whom we used to share the the, uh, the stadium together. Mm. And uh, the first coach, uh, Bobo Yugi. Bobo Yugi is uh, literally known out there. You find that this National Talent Academy does not benefit from Olunga's sales today. Why? Why? Because there is a group of cartel that is earning from whatever Olunga is getting. Mm. You see, uh, we talk of Victor Wanyama. Always, uh, when he makes a move, almost four, almost four or five clubs are claiming to uh, for his share. Yeah. But none of those clubs, he was there. Right. You see, that is yeah. the biggest problem that we have. We might The reason also maybe we don't have even more players playing out there is because of the same things I've, I've said. Players can't afford... We have agents who come and they say, okay, fine, you want to go and play professional, you look for $5,000. We, most of Kenyan players can't afford that kind of money. I've seen players from West Africa paying over $5,000, $9,000 to get opportunity for trials. Mm. But in Kenya, most players cannot afford that. One of Kenya's biggest sports betting companies is SportPesa. You might have heard about the company before. They sponsor clubs like Everton. You can see their logo at games like Arsenal, Real Madrid, and other Premier League and La Liga games. They have for years been the main sponsor of the Kenyan sports in overall. But from January, they decided to withdraw their sponsorship package. Why this happened so sudden was a question that we were wondering. And an immediate press conference was held at the headquarters of the Football Federation. We got invited to attend and also understand what really goes on. This is a big blow for Kenyan football and domestic sports overall. And join us for an in-depth interview as we spoke with the president himself and got his thoughts on where the nation's football would go. Thank you for listening to the second part of Kenyan Football Unveiled with Oz and King's Football Podcast.